Okay, well, hello everyone. Welcome to Wine Women of Words. I'm Michelle, and with me, of course, is Diana. Hello. And today we have our very first author of the month for 2018. We have author Deborah Pratt. Thank you so much for joining us, Deborah. Thank you very, very much for having me. And uh, I like I paused for a second because I wasn't sure on on the book it says Deborah Pratt, but I know on everything else it says Deborah M Pratt. So I wasn't sure how I I should introduce you. And I probably should have asked you that before we went live. So I apologize for that. Both of them work. It's uh, one of those things where I was putting Deborah M Pratt, but for whatever reason the the oh it should just be Deborah Pratt. So. I said, well, we are going to be discussing your book, okay. The Atlantean by of course, Deborah Pratt. And, and you notice I've got like post-its all in mine now because. Ooh, yeah. notes. I like it. And then I get to tell you about book two and book three. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> and book. Oh no, that's wrong. Book three and book four. I'm working five. I know I have, I have the other four books on my bookshelf and I have to work them into the rotation now to find out what happens next. Five and I, I just ran into a really interesting event that happened and I'm like, I had to like stop writing to, to kind of deal with it. So I'll only say that. Ooh. And that. <laughs> well, just to warn everybody tonight, uh, we have devised a drinking game. So for those of you who are playing along with us, every time one of us says outstanding, you got to take a drink. So I said it. So everybody has to take a drink now. I think we need to have a word of the episode every episode. We have started something. Now you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, this is like better than Pee Wee's Playhouse. I, I don't know how we went this far without having a word of the day. I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to abuse it. That's it's like. So what can I tell you, your audience, about the Vision Quest? Do they know anything about the book? Well, yes. We've actually been reading it all month and discussing it all month um, with oh, them. Okay. So is, yeah, hence why you were book of the month. So we've all been reading it and discussing it. And we should say that tonight's episode will contain spoilers. So for those of you who have not finished the book yet and are very spoiler sensitive, um, I recommend stopping now, finishing the book, and then pressing play again. Um, because you know you really want to listen to us. Hopefully you're a really, really outstanding right, uh, reader. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to get a refill before this episode is over. You should have been better, Michelle. I always bring my bottle with me. I have it next to the computer. It's okay. It's right there. So it's, it's easy access. So, well, I know um, I, we've mentioned this in earlier episodes, but if anyone's just joining us for the first time, um, Deborah, you have a lot of experience um, with television as well. You worked on Quantum Leap, I know, and um, other series. Um, so one of the first questions, if I'm going to, we're going to dive right in here, um, was your, um, did you kind of map out the idea for your, for the Atlantean 
as a series or did it kind of develop um, as you were writing? Um, well, I, I co-created Quantum Leap. I wrote 26 episodes by myself. I was co-exec producer and head writer. Um, I liked the idea of science fiction fandom and how honest they were and how smart they, they were. And I've always been a science fiction fan. I think the first book was Jules Verne's Bottom of the Sea. And I, I really felt that uh, science fiction writers had this place in history where they inspired technology. And I think people forget, you know, nobody had been to the bottom of the sea when Jules Verne's, you know, the turn of the 20th century wrote Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea or First Man on the Moon. And, and then shows like um, uh, um, Star Trek, same kind of thing. Uh, the flip phones were definitely those communicators. Mm -hmm. And so when we were working on um, when we were working on uh, it was really important to me that we, even though it was really a show about personal stories and we got to travel through time and comment on social uh, relevant social uh, storylines, I felt I really want to write something that, is positive, essentially. There were all these books on dystopian societies, um, like The Hunger Games and and um, what's the one, um, the name of it, Divergent. Hmm. And, they, and I said, you know, what if we got it together as a as a planet and as a race, and instead of destroying each other, what if we act unified? Mm -hmm. And the idea that we were smart enough, of course, I, they had some disasters, the great quakes happened. Um, uh, I was mad at South America because they were cutting down trees. Sorry, guys. So I sank the entire continent, but I domed it, so we survived. <laughs> um, Atlantis, Atlantis rose uh, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And um, and then I wanted to really deal with things. So literally, it took me months and months and months to create an 80-page Bible to answer all my questions occurred, and we began again as, as a human race. We had gone to the moon. We brought back a virus. The virus killed all domestic pets. We started to genetically splice pets because we as humans love our pets. And then they started to genetics and created these splicers. And to me, the coolest thing that came out of that was the fact that um, these splicers, their humanity was so new to them, they remember the powers that we'd forgotten, and they start to teach them back to us. Mm -hmm. And then we put our genetics into machines, and the machines become sentient, and they look at our history and go, screw up are these they're done age of men is done so the book series really becomes can we as humans wake up to our metaphysical powers before the machines build an army and wipe out humanity it gave me the opportunity like in quantum leap to comment on social things and it's really funny because long before bitcoin in the book 
in the books, I talk about, um, I didn't call it cryptocurrency, but I talk about digital currency. There was a global currency. So there are a number of things, and I've seen some of the reviews where people have said, wow, there's so many answers in, um, in these books about what the future could be. And my goal is to bring people into this world between books uh, one, two, and three, inviting people to go to thevisionquest.com and create a character of yourself in that world. Are you a splicer? Are you actually, are you human? Where do you live? Which I put the map in the books. Hmm. Um, and then they wrote stories. They blogged to me. Not on this website. Um, I lost that website. Thank you, technology. People could vote Aura up because auras are important in the books. Mm -hmm. You could aura somebody up. So I took two of the, the, the readers became writers in the story and and there are two characters in the books, uh, book three, that were actually from fans. How neat. <gasps> That's yeah, because I wanted, I want these books to be integrated so that you as a reader can come into this world and then help create the bigger world. Mm -hmm. Especially when the books are a huge success. Um, I want to create uh, a system world. Okay. Very cool. Like a game like Warcraft, where you actually create your own these games have the power so that we can start to create the future that we want to live in. Machines before they take us out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Long yes, answer. that keeps coming up a lot more again. And, you know, I just have to stop and say, uh, and I was telling Michelle this before, um, you're kind of responsible responsible for me getting into science fiction. Um, I'm honored. <laughs> Outstanding. <Yay! laughs> yes, I remember Quantum Leap was the first science fiction series that I got into, and it was on... Was it early 90s, late 80s when it first came on? It first came on the air, eight, 1989. Okay, and yeah, then, I was nine years old, and I, I'd been introduced to Star Wars, but, you know, I liked it, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, that's the best thing ever. Um, but I got into Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap was my thing. I watched all of the episodes. I've gone back periodically because it was on Netflix, and I binge-watched quantum leap episodes Yay. even now because yeah that sparked my interest in time travel and um really i think even maybe a little bit even in history um historical fiction writer and nerd and history nerd and i love the fact that he when he went back in time for these different lives and, and that's where i have my passion for history is looking at people's lives and history so yeah you're responsible for a lot of um, my nerdiness <laughs> I take responsibility for your nerddom. Thank you. <laughs> well, one of the things that that I loved, and, and you and you touched on that um, in your answer, was that how, was how advanced the society was. This wasn't a society that was like knocked back to you know 
the the stone age or anything they were advanced and it was it was an established society and they had science and technology and far more technology than we have now they they blew us away in in what they had and i just loved the the depth that you gave the world it wasn't you know like oh we'll we'll throw in a few details here and there to make it sound believable but i was googling words to find out if this was like a real word or if it was a made up word for for the story so there was so much depth given excuse me to to the details and i i thought that was one of the things that really made it sound believable like it could happen <laughs> Oh no, did she freeze? Is anyone there? Diana? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Deborah, are you still with us? Oh no. Pause. <laughs> so, oh, there she is. Okay. Are we here? We are here. <laughs> So I had to put my glasses on so I could see where we were. Sorry, did so we answer that question? <laughs> where where did I cut off? Because because I can go on on my 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 speech again. <laughs> um, we were oh we were so advanced society, and so what I was saying was that we were advanced because there were no countries. So information exchange because we didn't live in this society of control and live in now. And because information flowed so freely and everybody got the same information and your ability to read someone's aura to see if they were lying to you made it really uh, easy to call somebody out if they were trying to cheat you or take advantage of you. So I think some of the things I created in, in the story elevated us as humans, which was the whole goal, that we need to evolve and elevate as human beings. I absolutely love Kyla as a character. Absolutely Me too. Adore her. Absolutely adore her. Um, I love Kyla as a character. Not so much. I tried, and I, I feel like he is the Zach Morris of the series. The what? The Zach Morris from Saved He's by the, the Bell. Zach Morris. <laughs> <laughs> He's angry. He's angry. Yeah. He's angry. In the beginning, he starts off as very um, self-centered douchebag, if you will. <laughs> well, he, um, he's an angry teenager, and... And I feel like the the last sentence of the book was really like the start of him starting to grow into the character that he was meant to be. Was that that, that it dawned on him that that he was going to be the one to step up. He couldn't wait for someone else to to step up and do it for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean the his journey is really an, an interesting journey and I didn't want to put that journey on Kyla mm -hmm. because she's an advanced, she, she is a, as a young woman is advanced mm -hmm. and he holds the whole primitive uh, mentality that holds us back, that keeps us from our powers 
um, his anger, his need for revenge, all the things that over the course of the, the next books get in his way of being able to be as powerful as he could be. Even though he, by chance, like most men, fell into the power of the norms. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and you really haven't, I mean, you've, you've been introduced to Master Poe, but she is a powerhouse. When you start to learn about her, once they get to the Academy in the second book, and um, she starts to teach him, he, uh, he starts to evolve, but all back. And that's the lesson that I wanted readers to pick up on was that your own frustration, your anger, your um, sense of revenge, of things that don't go your way are the things that hold you back from evolving as a better human being. I mean, even if you wanted to look at it on a, a much larger scale, he could, if, and if we're gonna go very literary metaphor, he could be a metaphor with everything that is, that's ha you know, happening in the world. He, you know, ego is so much of, of what gets in our own way. And, and he could represent the old world, like the world that, that sank before Atlantis rose. And he has to find a way to get around that and evolve into the new world that he's in to you know, achieve his, his greatest potential. Exactly, exactly. And so what I needed to do was to find all the people that were being held in that energy and then create um, an awakening for them which is what the, the one of the goals of the books is, is to create this awakening that we have to be better people. Mm -hmm. If this is going to survive, we just have to be better people. Absolutely love We have that. to be outstanding. Said <laughs> <laughs> that just as I was looking up the stuff for the um, billions. Now, I picture them as being really freaking scary. Um, yeah. I told Michelle that they reminded me of, in the Hunger Games, of those hounds that they create at the end to kill uh, Peta and Katniss. I just, I pictured, that's what I pictured, just but on a large, larger scale and a little bit more on the bearish side. They're terrifying. Um, that, not um, as terrifying as the writers, though. <laughs> oh yes yes the writers are terrifying it's oh true. my god like that is on <laughs> spider rats i was reading that going Dude. this is unnecessary in life like we don't need part spider part rat well the fact that you know we started experimenting with our own technology i'm trying to see if i have pictures because i had some artists that worked with me there's that i can share with you guys because no matter what oh, they wait, are, I, they can't be scarier than what I'm picturing in my mind. Well, oh, that's even better. You know, the, the human mind is much more frightening. Which one? Say, I, I said the human minds, the capability of the human mind to 
Oh, it's not showing me pictures. Oh, wait, it is. Hold on. Uh, we can scare ourselves much more than anything Hollywood could ever create. Very true. Oh. But that's why these the series needs to be turned into something so we can that's see that. The can you see it? It's a little blurry. You or, you know, know you can always email them to us this way, because um, we have not just YouTube, we also have um, the podcast listeners. So, so we can post it on our Facebook page. So the maybe oh, the listeners. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah, you can't really see it. Sorry. That's Go okay. away. <laughs> Technology. I had a Biley on. I'll have a picture of Kyla too. Let's see if that one comes up. Oh, let's see if she uh, is how I picture her. See? Ah, oh, you can't really see. It. Okay. Some of the pictures are up on the visionquest.com, but not okay. all. Okay. We'll have to go to visionquest.com. I mean, so I'm, I'm really playing with. Hopefully, you can go there and take a look and. And get involved. Um, some of the creatures. I, I've been trying to post all those, but I am technologically challenged when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> to the internet. Um, so some of it is there, but not all of it. That's why so many of us are writers. It's because we're technologically challenged. You guys are writers too, yeah. Yes, um, I, I I do as little as possible. Um, my father was into computer science and everything, and I think for a while I just blocked out as much computer stuff as possible because he was all about computers. And uh, I was just a naturally rebellious child. Um, so, yeah, whatever he was into, I was like, nope, nope, not going to be into that. My son Nicholas is a computer nerd. He just got his first job as a computer programmer. Mm. I'm excited for him. And my daughter, I don't know if you know Troy and Belisario from Pretty Little Liars. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's my daughter. So the oh. kids are working. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> the kids are grown. The husband is gone. The dog is dead. I'm free. So I can. <laughs> it's outstanding. 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 <laughs> Well, so I don't know. Say again. I said Michelle's going to enjoy her hangover in the morning, isn't she? Oh my gosh, let's let's not. I'm visiting family right now, and I went to one of my cousin's houses for dinner, and we're a bunch of loud, crazy Italians. So there was a lot of wine, and now I'm having more wine. And they're still going to wake me up at six o'clock. Hosting me. Um, and she's been on an adventure to explore our family heritage from an island in Louisiana called Avery Island. Hmm. We're Avery. Oh. And if you ever tried Tabasco sauce? Yes. Of course. That's where it comes from. Hmm. Good to know. I know, I have to write that story. Yes. That's the story. Although I want her to write. <laughs> <laughs> So I know most, you know, most epic quest stories have a death in the story that spurs the, the main character on. But can we pause and just discuss why Rand had to die? And let's make 
make it even worse for me because in my head I cast everybody in my head. Yes, we have for fantasy casting is is huge with us. We we yeah. love fantasy casting. I love this. Okay, so let's no, start with Ran. Who was Ran for you? For me, it was Miguel from This Is Us. That's who I pictured. I and I actually, I came up with with a different Rand, totally different. But um, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name. Uh, do you remember Revolution, the the TV show, like two seasons where everything shut off? Yeah. Oh um, yeah. The the uncle in that. Oh. And Miles yeah. from Zoo and Bella's dad from Twilight. And don't judge me for citing that movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. Twilight had its place. It had an interesting. Um, it had an interesting reason for being written. Mm -hmm. uh, I have, yeah, I have to look up his name because it's gonna it's gonna bug me. Well, for me with Miguel or with uh, Rand, I was like, okay, Miguel from This Is Us, this will be great, and everybody in uh, in the fandom for This Is Us always craps on him because he's the second husband. Nobody likes him, and then he gets killed, and I was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> Ran and we, Diana and I had this full text message conversation because we text each other more than we text our own husbands. And we had this full conversation about how much we love the parents in this yes. story. We, um, we love Detra and we love Ran and it was like right before Ran died. And we both, <laughs> I think we both read that same part around the same time because all of a sudden the text messages started coming in. <laughs> That's when she started getting the funnier die um videos that there's a there's a gem that they do called Zach Morris is trash. And it points out how horrible Zach Morris is in Saved by the Bell as a person. And that's when I made the connection of Laser and Zach Morris because he was so unbelievably <laughs> selfish and he caused this tragedy to happen. He did cause the tragedy to happen. He did. I mean, that's was... part of that evolution. Again, yeah. There's a whole psychology inside these books that I you you women are of course picking up on because you are outstanding women. <laughs> Yay, outstanding. <laughs> okay, can we can we pause and like that's all I have left. Drink it up, girl. Tiny sips. You can do tiny sips. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you said you've got the bottle behind the um, computer. <laughs> I might have to it. I think, I think it's important to, it's funny, I, I wrote a very small book. I don't even know if it, it came out. It might be on Amazon called Visionary Being One that really ties into the philosophy of the Vision Quest books. And part of it is really facing your inner demons mm. and letting them go. The things that hold you back uh, from being successful. So it's confronting your inner child and confronting what event in your life, which is what Laser has to do in the books. He has to confront his responsibility, um, his father's death, which is what sets up his anger. The anger is at himself. Mm -hmm. I, on a, a number of levels, I, I went to Webster University in St. Louis, uh, just outside of St. Louis, Webster Groves, Missouri. And actually in psychology. 
And one of the things that I wanted to do or is in my writing, if you look at the scripts that I wrote in, even in Quantum Leap or The Net or any of the shows that I produced and wrote for, um, there's a psychological conversation happening. And I hope that the Vision Quest has that, um, or I believe that the Vision Quest has that as well because I did a lot to write it in so that people could question themselves. What is it that holds me back? What did I do in my life that doesn't allow me to be successful or does allow me to be successful? Um, what, it, what is the emotion that drives you? And that's the other thing. Once you get into the books a little deeper, you'll see that the biodroids, especially five. Now here's a machine that's, that's dealing with his emotions for, he doesn't, for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. So what is it like to have the emotion of envy, of anger, if you've never experienced it before? And it's a challenge as a writer to look at what are the emotions that drive us as human beings? And emotional storytelling is exciting mm -hmm. in the sense that it's the reason that you hook the reader to staying with the books and moving forward. And, and I'm a screenwriter. I wrote teleplays and screenplays. So writing a novel was a huge challenge for me to slow down the storytelling, to not cut to, to really put in what did it feel like? What did it smell like? What did it taste like? So you'll find where suddenly I got into food. <laughs> yes, and, and that reminds me, that was another question. Um, where can I get a one foot long uh, strawberry? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that part. Cause then my next question was, I wonder if my husband would be upset if I turned the pool into one big Nutella bowl. <laughs> it's women <laughs> exactly this is where our thoughts go on that i, I could um, i could get on board with that easily oh i figured you would you'd end up camping out in my backyard um <laughs> i think i put that in uh, yeah actually this was one of the sections i actually had um stuck posted on was going into the use of food to help create that um that world where you've got the, you know, the foot long strawberries, the large um, slice of bananas, the slice of slices of dinner plates, um, you know, all these different things. And that was part of their celebration of life, which I also found, found interesting. It wasn't just a funeral like you have here in the States, you have a celebration of life and um, kind of helps give an insight into the culture into their culture, like they, they have a culture in addition to everything else that's going around. I wanted us, I, again, it's not a dystopian society. We figured it out to have enough food, to have enough water. You know, one of the things that, that set the fear factor of what the world that we live in right now is fear, mm -hmm. fear of scarcity. And the truth is, we have everything that we need. This is paradise. Why are we letting these people make us fearful? Mm -hmm. We can 
certainly clone and create and grow. And, and a lot of that is based on true science that I explored doing research for the books. The ability to, to make this world a paradise is here. We have everything that we need. We just need to work together and not feel like, oh, we have to hoard this. We have to control this. So let's tell people there's not enough and keep them in fear and keep the prices going up. Mm -hmm. One of the things that as we evolve, and again, have you ever had that moment when um, you think of someone and the phone rings and that it's them calling, but you thought of it yes. first? Mm -hmm. Yes, it happened. It's something actually, it's funny. We, we in my office, because my day job, I'm a paralegal, and my boss always says that whenever he's uh, discussing, you know, a client or something within a day, they end up calling us. It, it's something that happens so often in our office that we've actually taken note of it. Uh, and my, my attorney that I work for, very skeptical person. So it's something that, you know, I truly believe happens. Uh, we all have those powers. That's the point. You know, there's times when you go into a situation where you sense danger. Mm -hmm. These are telepathic powers. And we are so trained to ignore them. Mm -hmm. We ignore our sixth senses. And so the book is saying, hey, get back in touch with those. Mm -hmm. um, because that's going to help us evolve too. We can't let men or whatever say no 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 you can't have that power the truth is and i think master poe talks about it you know christ said do as i do and that's important to us to evolve to acknowledge the fact that you can sense danger you can sense an event that's happening you may have a dream i had i had two earthquake dreams 24 hours exactly to the moment of earthquakes as a matter of fact, they were so clear and concise that people said, I'm on your phone tree. You have another earthquake. <laughs> Call me. So I believe that we have gifts and maybe everybody doesn't have the same gifts. Maybe you're a healer. Have you ever met a healer in your life? A doctor, or a doctor that just put his hands on you and knew exactly where to go and exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's a chiropractor or maybe it's somebody. Uh, what I'm saying is that we as humans have these abilities and that's where the books go on, vibrate on a whole other level. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a story. Yes, it's an adventure. There's a love story. Um, we haven't even met until we get to cat book two, uh, Elana Blue. Well, we made her. Um, but uh, the Elana Blue story line. And Duquesne Kovacs is a really interesting character. Kovacs is a very interesting character. So Kim was there a particular storyline that uh, came to you first? Because I know for many of us, we have that what if question, but was there a particular storyline within the Vision Quest series that honed in on you first that you just had to write and build from there? Kyla. Kyla. I loved Kyla. I, I feel like, and you know, you were mentioning that, you know, 
the characters, you know, Laser in particular, it's, it's all about facing your fears and, and moving forward and, and accepting that and, and building on it. I, I almost feel like each, you know, Kashtin, um, Laser, and Kyla, they each kind of represent a, an, a human emotion that has to be like, that they need to, to win because Kashtin seems very level-minded and, and he's able to, to see it logically. And Kyla, she can read auras, so she can read emotions and Kat and Laser is just all over the place. He's just, he's just a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where I needed three people to tell the story. It's mm -hmm. not just a single character. I needed each of them to represent a kind of human being. Um, you know, Cashin is that amazing nerd who wants to be liked, who's he's this weird combination of an athlete and a nerd that you don't quite see, but he doesn't know how strong and powerful he is. Mm -hmm. And his evolution is so exciting and wonderful when he discovers who he is. Uh, and the same thing with Kyla in the sense that she, you know, she loves laser mm -hmm. and she can't figure out it. I think it's something that we as women all deal with. When you have a best friend, how do you cross that line without losing your best friend? Yeah, I think and, across that. and also I think maybe there for her part of the thing is that he's not good enough for her yet. This is just me talking with the Zach Morris effect, but <laughs> he, I don't think he he hasn't grown to be good enough for her yet. And I, I like the I, I like the the relationship that was building in that and the lessons that was being taught in that with her and him because it was he wasn't quite good for her yet, but yeah, it didn't feel like she was falling all over herself to make him like her and she wasn't um she wasn't changing herself to yeah. make him like her yeah she wasn't compromising who she was uh, but and I like that. he does something for her which is he loves her for who she is mm -hmm. even though in his mind it's a friendship and he makes her feel safe just to be who she is that she is this splicer that she's you know even though um striker is uh, a racist. I don't have to put it any other way. She feels bad about the fact that she is human, but she has these other qualities and these abilities and this other bloodline. I mean, so the book tries to deal with sexism and, I mean, it, again, it works on a lot of levels. Um, but Laser just sees her for being wonderful. And that moment where they escape the Balion. I loved that scene. I loved it. And where they, time stops and they're right there and it, oh, when did nothing happen? Yeah, it's like, oh no. Uh, but it was, I loved it. It was so well done. Now, in the uh, subsequent books, do we learn more about um, her backstory? Because you touched on it a little bit and I'm very intrigued. Uh, we do. I mean, not as, not in as much detail, um, but in, I'm trying to think of, is it book two or book three that we really get into? Once they go on the Odysseys, they have to go on their rite of passage mm -hmm. in the future. And I wish we had this now before you can hold a job, buy a house, have land, get married, have children. You have to be able to survive. 
because the great quakes woke us up to the fact that life can change like that. Mm -hmm. And so they each go on a vision quest, which is where the, the title comes from. The Native American vision quest is this um, amazing 15,000 year old journey where you have to go and figure out who you are as a human being and find you know, where your powers come from. What is your strong suit? What are your weaknesses? What are the things that hold you back? What are the things that drive you forward? Um, so I tried to balance that out. And book um, three, The Odyssey, which is the longest of the books so far, is really uh, laser goes one way, um, Cashin goes another way, and Kyla goes on her own adventure. So each of them are on this adventure that, and they are not going to get back together really until book five. We'll follow their storylines, but but they really track into these various places. So it's a journey. It's definitely a journey. Of, of evolution and if people can't evolve the question is what happens to them if you don't evolve what happens to you it, and that's the bigger macro question is as a society if we don't evolve what happens to us i love it and i'm looking forward to being able to read um i'm gonna have to at least get to book two before the end of february because i'll be with you at the writers conference the oh what writer? oh the gloss greater los yes. angeles yeah, I'm going to be actually, I don't think Desiree might not have told you yet. I'm moderating your panel. Oh. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> What's the name of our panel? Um, it's on world building. I don't know the specific name. I just know that much. It's on? On world building. World building. Mm -hmm. Yeah, world building is incredibly challenging. I actually hope to release one day the Bible that I wrote into the world money science technology medicine um uh, literally 80 pages of a breakdown of what happened to the world and how that would be so fascinating to read because i mean you it's it's very evident that you put so much into uh the creation of this world and in every little detail and and it's not just you know the okay well there's this and then this happened because you, you give us the big stuff and we are like okay all right we see the big stuff but then it's also the little things the devil is in the details um with the characters with the touches on the backstory uh with the food with the customs um so yeah i love it i think you do i thought you did a fantastic job with your world building it's something to really you know one of those books to look at for like studying purposes if somebody wants to study your world building i think this is a great uh, example of that thank you very much i appreciate that very big time were there any questions i can ask uh, i can answer um well we've been asking our questions i don't know if we've had any more questions it's been such an such an easy conversation that we've they've, they've flowed so perfectly um Oh gosh, something just popped into my head and now it's gone. So I'm just going to finish my glass. And a few of our questions, it was funny because it's an outstanding question. <laughs> um, oh gosh. And what was funny with your questions? Oh, no, I remembered. Okay. Um, 
one of the things that that I really liked was when you first um, started introducing five that um, that one of the things was he was being bombarded with all these emotions and he the only thing that he could do to kind of file them away was to approach them with logic that was the only way that he could really sort out these emotions and try to figure them out so how were you you know writing from from a robot's point of view and trying to figure out how they would tackle emotions um, how are you able to you know, how did you kind of get into that mindset because I think you know writing from a teenage boy's point of view was I imagine would have been challenging but you know there's something to work off of but but we don't really have robots to work off of you know again I I looked at being a mom having kids watching them discover their own emotions. We as human beings are driven by pain or pleasure. So the first emotions that we deal with are, I'm hungry, this hurts. I want food to comfort me. So food will give me pleasure. Uh, some people don't evolve past that. So I really looked at what is it that we awaken to first. He's a baby, essentially, five. Um, and he's not male and he's not female. You know, he's this androgynous being that has to deal with both, even though his DNA comes from, uh, which we'll learn later in the books, comes from Kovacs, Duquesne Kovacs, DNA for, for five and for most of the biodroid population. So does that make uh, Kovacs then the father of the biodroids? Um, Kovacs was such an interesting character. I feel like he's kind of like the the hero and the scapegoat of society because he he brought he brought the biodroids to to rescue everyone and and to to regulate society kind of. And then when they turned on people, he was he was the easy scapegoat. I don't know. That's just kind of how I saw him. No, you're absolutely right. And it's the dichotomy of he wants so much to be a hero, but fate keeps taking it away from him. What happens with the um, the uh, IL virus that comes back from the moon, he starts the splicers. And he did it out of uh, a sense of nobility, out of a sense of wanting to help humanity. And yet... <laughs> he did it out of a sense of humanity that he he realized what was missing you know and I think that's the gift that we all need to look at when you look at a great app it's because somebody looks at the world and says what do people need um, there's a number of organizations that said if you can create something that helps a billion people we want to know who you are so in that sense uh, Kovacs is a really interesting character because he really wants to do the best that he can do to help mankind. But he's impatient. He's greedy. He wants to, wants to be famous. He wants to be loved. Sounds like somebody else we know right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's his own demon. It gets in his way. 
And he ends up making mistakes because, which you'll read in other books of, of why he, he fasts and he doesn't wait and he doesn't do the research and he doesn't take the time because he knows he has the answer, but he doesn't look at the ramifications of that answer. Mm-hmm. And it costs him a relationship with Elise, Elise Avery, mm-hmm. um, who we find out is the love of his life. And there's some real wild twists that come out of that storyline. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's an, he's a flawed hero, which is a great hero, and he's a flawed villain. Mm-hmm. Created his alter ego as five. Five is everything that he wanted to be subconsciously, which is the king of the world. Which is- and five is doing that for him. Which, you know, you mentioned before that Five is basically a baby right now and, and he's, he's just starting out. And it's terrifying to think that as a baby, he can wield that much power and to think what he can do as he evolves. It's, it's really scary to think about how, how much more powerful he can become. I can't remember who says the line, but the fact that Kovacs gave all the knowledge of humanity to a virus, which is the, the other piece of the DNA that protected the machine um, over he- the heat system in the machine. Only a virus could survive the heat. Uh, if you give all the knowledge of humanity to something as destructive of a virus, what, as, as a virus, what happens? And that's, you know, we have to be accountable to what we're creating right now whatever it is. Um, it's a, it's, it was really hard to, to find the foundation of the book, but once I found it, it was really easy to write. Mm-hmm. Except for this fifth book, it's really challenging. <laughs> but we'll see. Do the more you- challenging, the better it'll be. I'm sorry, ask again? I was gonna say the more challenging, the better it'll be. You're breaking up just a little bit. Say one more time. The more challenging it is, the better it will be. Ah, wisdom. Outstanding wisdom. (laughs) More wine. And Michelle, did you have another question? That's like literally my last drop. (laughs) You can get more. The interview is over. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) All right, wrap it up. Well, as um, for a writer who is trying to build a world right now, and I scrapped the first draft entirely because I didn't like the world that I had built, um, how how did you how did you do it basically? Because really, I've never written what I'm working on right now is unlike anything I've ever written before. And this is the first time that I have tried to build a world from scratch. And it's so challenging to to build a world that's different and not like ours, but similar enough that people can relate to it. And it's it's a, a whole new kind of challenge as as a writer. And the fact that you can do it and do it in such detail and make it sound real is mind blowing. 
Uh, let me ask you a question as a writer. When you write, do you hear the voices of your characters speaking to you? Yeah. Now, now that I've gotten to know them, I, I took a while to, to know them, but now that I've gotten to know them, I'm, I'm starting to, to know their personalities a little bit more. And right, you created their background, you created their history, you created all the things around them. So once you have the voices of people talking to you, now your vision, if, if you can, is to kind of close your eyes or open your eyes, however you do it, and start to see the world. What does it look like? What color is it? What does it smell like? What are the senses? What are the five senses of that world? And then what's the sixth sense of what's going to happen? So it's really experiencing the world through the mind's eye. And, and, and I say this all the time, sometimes no matter if you're a great artist or a bad artist, um, pick up a pencil, a, a, a bunch of pencils, color pencils, and start to put the colors in the world and start to put the textures in the world and start to put the, so when you put those people in a scene, you see every nuance of that world. Does it smell bad? Does it smell good? What does it smell like? Is it, you know, one of the things that I love about Kyla is her sense of smell when it comes to laser. She knows what he smells like when he walks in the room, when he sits next to her, the scent that comes off his hair, you know, that, is how we know we're in love with somebody because we fall into our senses. What a touch, what, what we touch, what we taste, what we smell. All those things are in world building. And that's what we as writers need to be able to communicate to readers so we pull them into the world that we've created. Does that answer your question? It does. I'm having like a writer's nerd fangirl moment right now. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. <laughs> I'm almost done with my wine too. Well, I want to say that I would love to come back and, and because this has been insightful for me too. I mean, I again, I'm I'm struggling in this fifth book because of something that just happened and what I want to do in the writing. And so it's very helpful for me to be able to talk to you guys and your fans. If I'm sorry that they, they don't have questions that they can bring in. Um, so I know what works, what doesn't work, what, what's exciting to them. What do they want to know more about mm -hmm. as I um, hopefully bring this, I mean, I can't tell you, to get my arms around through three, four books and come into this fifth, fifth book and bring everything together. You see how many storylines I'm now weaving back together. Mm -hmm. Kovacs and Five and Elise and Laser and Kyla and Ilana Blue and Masta Poe and, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big journey. What's happening in, in the world of the the corporations mm -hmm. and again I wanted to create a world that there was hope because that's what's missing in most of the reading that I've been doing in other books there's no hope in our future and until we ourselves create hope there won't be hope and we can't let 
the people that run our world make us live in fear. We have to say, you are not the answer. We are the answer. And then collectively, we will create a better future. I love that. That's such a great philosophy to have and to keep on and, and everything. Well, you can. Because we're outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're outstanding in the one of mine. My last sip of wine here. Right, oh. Well, you are welcome to come back yes. anytime. You, if you want to just talk it out for an hour, mm -hmm. please let us know. And we are happy to, to do that with you. The book I really want everybody to read is The Odyssey. Odyssey. Is that book two or three? The Odyssey. That's book three. Okay. And this is my favorite book so far of all the books. It says so much to who we are as human beings. And, and I think to the characters as well. But it's a very intimate book for me. So I would love to know your thoughts and your feelings about it if you, if you get there. We're going to have to make some changes <laughs> I'm thinking, in our book rotation. I, yeah, I'm thinking, OK, before the end of February, let me see if I can get to that. Because I'll be seeing you again in February. February, so I'm like, hmm, I know. I was thinking, okay, I can definitely get to book two, finish book two by the end of February. And during your panel, can you guys just like set up a laptop and, <laughs> and FaceTime me so I can just watch? <laughs> I'll try to some pictures, but, but please go to thevisionquest.com. And oh, so we'll share that with everybody. Um, and if you have well. questions, you can email me directly. They come right to me. So please feel free to do that. and. Hopefully I can answer some of your questions, but I'm grateful for the readers. You are the future. We are the collective consciousness of the world that will make the world a better place. Well, thank you so much for making time for us this evening. We really appreciate you joining us. We had a wonderful, we had an outstanding time. water. <laughs> smart move that's what i'm going to do now yeah. thank you well, as we tell every author who's come on the show you're now officially part of our family you cannot get rid of us um you are stuck with us forever so you're welcome back at any time thank you i look forward to it and um go in light as master post says and uh, let's change the world absolutely well, thank you so much, and we hope you all enjoyed the show, and uh, we'll see you all next Thursday. All right. Have a good one. Bye. If it's, it's wine, women, and words. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, ladies. Bye. Good night.